Yeah, we have a very dramatic beginning to this session because after the fires, the encounters, the, the encounter with the Reverend and bonding with him and then the newspaper office, the game, the photos developed that you got of the, the Reverend's amended Bible and the beginning uh, and the sheriff starting to round up a posse to track down Gregory and Susie Schoenbaum. Yeah, so the service begins. Yes, we're at the uh, still smoking wreckage of the church, right? <laughs> yep. Yes, so imagine that nice church behind him is just a smoking heap. Yeah, so the Reverend starts his service. I need to immediately get into... All right, everybody start clapping. Come on. What's his name, Jesus? What's his name, Jesus? Come on, what's his name, Jesus? Come on, lift him up. What's Come his on, name, lift him Jesus? Up. Come on, lift him up. Help me call him Jesus. Come on, help me call him Jesus. It should be Yig. Come on, guys. Oh, right, 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 right. Yig is a biscuit. Let him sop you up. This is, uh, what is it? The revival movement, that tent-based, yeah, whatever it's called. So one thing I haven't really described is that the whole time you've been here, of course, it's always been really dusty. I mean, you're in the Dust Bowl. It's, it's incredibly dry. hasn't rained in maybe two years. You have not seen dust until you've seen the streets of Mumbai, my friend. Yes, yes. And maybe the wind has picked up a bit, and so the dust is billowing around. The smoke is swirling, giving everything this quite sort of apocalyptic feel. And... They start singing uh, Julia Ward Howe's The Battle Hymn of the Republic. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. He hath loosed the fateful lightning of his terrible swift sword. His truth is marching on. Logan's going to be standing kind of at the back, kind of snapping pictures periodically. Yeah, this is something. This is definitely something. And then the Reverend picks up. He's got these two snakes in his hand that he's pulled out of this crate. Everyone is starting to kind of praise, and some are going down on their knees. Others are shouting out in ecstasy. And he says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And everyone is getting up into a real frenzy here. Everyone is, is on their knees. Everyone is, people have got kind of fallen down off their chairs onto their knees. Some people start wriggling around in the dust on their bellies. Wow, like, it, we still have fear of snakes, don't we? It's underlying. You know, it's, it's making you sweat. It's making you kind of anxious, but it's not going to make you, like, do anything crazy. So, yes, there, there are people wriggling around on the floor, and then the Reverend says, now who will step forward? Who will step forward and put their faith in the hands of the Lord? And he's looking around and he's saying, what about our new guests, our new visitors? He says, pointing to the three of you. I'll do it. I'll put my faith in the hands of the Lord. Okay, now, now you're going to have to make a roll. So what I would say is just make a sanity roll at this point to see whether you can overcome your, your fear. Okay. Yes, you can. So describe, I mean, you are feeling scared, but tell me tell me what you're feeling and thinking as you step forward. I am feeling apprehensive, and Richard is very scared. He knows that uh, his, uh, snakes are not his favorite thing in the world, but he wants to figure out what's going on here. So he puts his fear aside and bravely steps forward to participate with the Reverend. Okay, so you've managed to overcome your fear, and then he just holds out this... I guess it would be a rattlesnake, and it's hissing at you. <laughs> and you can see it's it, you know it's opening and closing its its mouth. He's not holding it in any way that would make it safe for him, because typically, obviously, you'd try and hold it as close to the head as possible, so it can't. But he's just holding it in the middle, and it's curling around his arm and rearing up. And 
Now the thing is, yeah, so you step forward and he gently holds his hand out and he says, accept Yig's blessing. He sort of says under his breath to you. Richard thinks to himself, I wonder what Tyrannish is going to say about all this. <laughs> that he will step forward. Mm. And then the snake, it sort of rears back. And for a moment, you're sort of, I guess the your heart almost sort of bursts out of your chest. Is it? And then rather than lunging forward, it just sinuously glides off his arm and onto yours and just wraps itself around your arm. You can hear Richard's breath start to come, and, you know, a little bit faster, but he's trying to stay calm so the snake doesn't sense any kind of fear or bite him. And then he says, You are truly blessed. The Lord has looked on you kindly. You shall henceforth go forward and be the friend of snakes. Oh, if you only knew. And then this middle-aged man steps forward and says, Me! Reverend, me! Me, please! Can I have the blessing too? And he steps forward in a real rush. And before the Reverend can react, the other snake that he was holding just leaps off his arm and just plants its fangs into this guy's neck, who just cries out in agony and drops to the ground. And the Reverend says, He has suffered God's divine justice. (laughs) As the man is writhing around, starting to foam at the mouth as he's been bitten by a rattlesnake. I still have a snake on me, right? Yes, your one is completely kind of calm. I want to help this guy, but I also don't want to make a sudden move, so I kind of look at the other two, like, little help here, guys. Okay, so the guy writhing around the floor, he has to make an extreme constitution roll at this point. Okay, well, let's see. Oh, no, no, no. I think, uh, yeah. Is there a doctor in the house? Well, he's taken nine points of damage. He's slipping into unconsciousness. He's not dead, but he's in really bad shape. He's frothing. He's kind of like, he's starting to go into convulsions. You can see this huge black swelling on his neck. The snake that bit him has um, wriggled off and um, slithered off uh, through the dust uh, back towards the sagebrush. Uh, Since uh, I'm up front and uh, Mr. Selby is in the back, can I attempt uh, a first aid if no one else is going to help him in the crowd? I think more likely you would need to make a medicine roll, to be honest. Oh, okay. Because he's got venom coursing through his his body. Do you have any medicine skill? Uh, I do not. You do not. I'll tell you what, if you make a hard, if you manage to make a hard first aid roll, we'll say that you can come suck the poison out. (laughs) Okay. I saw this in a movie once. I take off my comically big hat and I lay it in the dust uh, next to the man and I say, be calm. And I put my uh, finger in front of his eyes and I put my other hand on his forehead to keep him still. And I press my lips to his neck and I suck out the poison and spit it into the dust. And I use my best uh, psychology tricks to keep him calm as I perform this. Fantastic. Okay, well, I'll roll a d3. Yeah, yeah, so you managed to get a significant amount of the poison out, but he's going to definitely need to get to a hospital at some pretty soon. You've, you've managed to stop him, him from dying, which is a... Is there a doctor here? That is a good question. Is there a doctor? There must be a doctor. Well, there's a barber. I didn't realize we were that far. There must be a doctor. You know what? You can make a luck roll. Why don't you make a luck roll, Thackeray? You got having to spend some. So one of the women says, quickly, let's take him to the doctor. That's a great idea. And she comes forward with some of her townsfolk, and they pick up this poor man who's kind of just groaning and slumped, and they carry him off. And the Reverend says, You did a fine thing there, son. Although, really, we should let the Lord play out his justice without intervening. Maybe that's a lesson for you to take for next time. Can I punch him in the mouth? I mean, that's a really shitty thing to say after a man almost died. Go for it. 
Let's see where. Oh yeah, unarmed. So what do you say? Ah, I just become enraged and just whiff at him. And maybe as soon as I cock my hand back, his parishioners come and like grab me and pull me back. Yes, absolutely. And he says, "My brethren, no, leave the man. Leave the man. He is a good man. He is just overcome with emotion. He has perhaps not seen the workings of the Lord. I've just seen the workings." There's some grumbling, and you see the sheriff giving you a hard stare, and he's kind of got his. He's holding his shotgun kind of by the barrel and he's kind of resting on the ground and he's giving you a bit of a hard stare. I, I was under the impression that he was uh, leading a, uh, a lynch mob towards the river. No, no. So the, the reverend persuaded them to wait until the service was over. Oh, I see. So uh, maybe that would have changed. <laughs> so wait, so the crowd isn't taking the guy that was dying away? A couple of them are, but there's probably maybe 50 people there in total. A couple of them took the guy away to the doctor, but the rest of them are there. Okay. So, the service continues with praising and wriggling and <laughs> all manner of things. Do you want to do anything during the service? Or are you going to wait till it's over before you just watch the whole thing play out, yeah? Yeah, we're, we're there to observe and document, right? So, we're not. Okay. I mean, I got pretty up close and personal already. <laughs> you, got, you got super up close and personal, and maybe Thackeray's uh, reaction has been... I'll tell you what, Thackeray, I'll tell you what, Thackeray... You can make a psychology or a persuade role. I mean, it depends. Do you, do you want to sort of calm the situation down or do you want to maintain your indignation? Yeah, no, I mean, I'm just going to go, maybe I'll walk over to like the sheriff and just keep at the edges of the crowd where he is and just observe, you know, sullen look on my face uh, as I yeah. observe the... I, I nod to the sheriff as I walk over and I, I like, you know, do a gesture like, do you see what's going on here? And the sheriff kind of looks at you and he kind of, chews on some chewing tobacco and then just spits on the ground <laughs> in front of him and then just kind of with the toe of his boot he just kind of rubs the black stain into the dirt but who am i to judge this culture as the service draws to a close you can see the sheriff he's getting kind of a bit antsy and he's kind of going around and he's getting the posse up on their feet and getting them ready to go on the hunt do you think we should go with them I mean, at this point, I feel like they've gotten a pretty good head start. You know, because they waited for the service to be over, the people who burned down the church probably have, have a good head start. And, you know, uh, hopefully they found Hilliard used money to help them escape. But I don't think we should be perceived as helping them, so I would not like to be uh, connected to that situation at all. I'd rather observe who in the crowd uh, seems to be uh, most fanatical. Yeah, that's not where we're really here, to be honest. Right. We're not here to investigate arson. We're here to investigate Ig. It is true. That is true. So as the service draws to a close, the posse get the dogs on the scent again and they start barking and howling. So they take the dogs down this overgrown path between the two houses, which heads down to the river. And you hear that baying sound. And maybe they've got some bloodhounds as well as uh, more aggressive German Shepherd type dogs. And the barking gets fainter and fainter as they head down. And then the service disperses, and yeah, everything seems to have sort of calmed down. Okay. Well, then you know, I'll, I'll go up to the uh, the pastor, and I'll, you know, I, I know we were just speaking before the service, but I want to uh, apologize for my actions. Uh, the man was clearly dying from the snake venom, and my emotions had got the better of me. He says, "That's okay, son. I know these things can be a little bit hard to take at first, but it is what our Lord wants." We must see who the true believers are. Your friend here, Mr. Cheston, I've never seen a, a snake take to a stranger like that before. 
Mr. Chesterton, you must be truly blessed. Well, I think that's probably true. Snakes, you know, they love me. Well, I tell you what. Tomorrow, we should all go out to the cave together. The three of us, and maybe a couple of the new converts. There's glory to be seen there. True glory. What cave is that? Is this the one where you took the other people? Yes. The barber's wife, and he took a bunch of people out there, right? Yeah. 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 The sheriff, the barber. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much everyone goes out there at some point. He says, yes, it's time for another pilgrimage. And with such faith in the group, I feel it might be a very special occasion. Would you do me the honor of accompanying me? The honor would be all ours. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, we'll set off early tomorrow. Meet in front of the church at 8 a.m. Okay. Well, good day to you, sir. Good day to you, sirs. So, go back to the hotel room, the Bingham Hotel. You now have in your possession the Gospel of Yig. What a thing to have. I believe this is the King James Version. Right. So it's a large leather-bound tome. As you know, it was originally a Bible, and the margins contain many handwritten notes and drawings. Some passages have been amended, some crossed out and replaced with new ones. So... So it is actually a Bible. It is actually a Bible, but it is a an amended Bible. Right. So I don't think we've ever had a tome in any of our games up to now. So I'll explain how it works in Pulp. Now, normally in, in Standard Call Cthulhu, it takes ages to read books, but in Pulp, it's all massively accelerated. So the way it works is if you want to do an initial reading, it's you roll a D4, and that's how many hours it takes. In regular Call of Cthulhu, it can take you like a week, <laughs> but they, they want to speed things up dramatically. So if anyone wants to, you've got plenty of time this afternoon. If someone wants to try and make an initial reading. Now, the way it works is when you read a Mythos Tome, it does certain things to you. <laughs> so one, you find out what's in it, but you also lose sanity from reading it, but you gain Cthulhu Mythos. So does anyone want to take that plunge? Gentlemen, I uh, will be doing a thorough investigation of this tome. I want you to lock the door to this hotel room and do not let me out until tomorrow morning. You sure you want to read it, Doc? I'd read it. I appreciate your bravery, Mr. Chesterton, but I fear that your academic credentials do not lend yourself to this task. All right. Well, we'll stand guard over you then. Okay, so how this is going to work is, so first of all, roll a d4. This is how many hours it's going to take you to do the initial reading. So it's, it's only going to take you two hours. Now, this skim reading doesn't give you the deep knowledge, but you do get the sanity loss immediately. <laughs> so you're standing guard outside the room. The other two, Chesterton and Selby, are standing guard, yeah? So AP, can you roll a D6 first oh, to see yeah. how many sanity points you lose? Wow, only one. I think your insights so far into Yig have shielded you from any terrible loss of sanity just from reading it i guess a lot of it is probably stuff you would it's not surprising at all when you read it and it really is about how it basically it replaces every christian character in the bible with various aspects of yig or followers of yig or and every mention of jesus is yig of course and every mention of god is yig so you're in your initial reading you gain two percent in cthulhu mythos so your cthulhu mythos is now 14 goodness me and upon perusing it, very interestingly, you realize that there's also in intricate diagrams and explanations and Nakal, there's a spell in there that you can learn 
called Contact Yig. You can actually <laughs> commune with Yig. The other thing, and this will be of interest, like given how good your Nakal is, your Nakal goes up by 2% as well, Thackeray. You're now getting pretty good at Nakal. 33. Now, anyone else who wants to can also study this book at some point, as long as Thackeray is uh, a generous and sharing kind of man. After a couple hours, it took two hours, like after two hours, I opened the door, I'm drenched in sweat, and I say, my friends, uh, this tome has uh, opened my eyes to uh, many things regarding the god Yig. Please, uh, let me share some of the things I, I learned with you. And uh, Does anyone else? Bible's there open on the little desk. Yeah, I would want to read it. Richard would. His mythos is pretty high, so he'd want to learn more. Yeah, for sure. Okay. I don't think I will. Yeah, your sanity probably can do without being uh, eroded any further. Okay, so Richard, same for you then. I would like to ask if I could take, do a photography role just to see if I can get that skilled up a little bit from like the church and stuff. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. No, of course not. Oh, no. <laughs> well, it's very hard because, I mean, you've got to get a natural 10 or below to improve it. But, you know, you're an amateur and uh, maybe one day with enough practice. True. All right, Richard, roll a d4. A d4? Okay. Yeah, this is how many hours it's going to take you. Wow, you are of quick study. I got this mythos stuff down. Well, now roll a d6. For, <laughs> okay. Uh... Thackeray already read it, and so he's, like, pointing stuff out to him, like, oh, go, go to the Okay, you lose four sanity. That's pretty harsh. I think your today's sanity stuff was actually should be seventy-seven. So I just should pick seventy. So you go in seventy-three sanity. As he's reading the book, he's taking in the uh, eldritch symbols and writings of this. His brain starts to kind of fog over, and he is uh, transported back to the jungle. And he's seeing strange creatures coming out of the jungle, and just past his vision in the trees, weird shapes and monsters lurk. And then he is brought back to the present by the touch of Thackeray's hand on his shoulder. Fantastic. Okay, so yeah, you get 2% Cthulhu Mythos and 2% in Nakal. Echoing in his mind is, Elephant, run! Yeah, that's what he's... And you also obviously see this spell, which is very, I guess, enticing, the idea that you could come in contact with a god, the god of the snakes, one of the gods of the snakes. And as you're perhaps all just sitting there, there having maybe drinking some shots of whiskey to get over your experience, whose hotel room are you in right now? Probably Thackeray's because he was reading the book. So there's a knock at the door. Uh, quickly uh, stick the Bible under the mattress. Logan will go to the door. Who is it? Open up. It's Bill Schoenbaum, blacksmith. He put his foot in front of the door a little bit and just open the door maybe three inches or something like that just to make sure who it is. Look, I understand you're suspicious, but let me in. I don't want anyone to know I'm here. Come, Mr. Selby. That is our good friend. Come. I'll let him in. He says. He kind of mops his brow. He's been sweating. He says, Ah, fuck it. They got Susie and they got Gregory. I told those idiots not to do it today. Where did they take them? But they captured them? Oh, the fools. They should have just run. They were down by the river, getting to know each other a little bit better. Uh, if I get my hands on that Gregory, I'm going to tan his hide. This is your daughter they caught, yes? Yeah, my daughter. I told them not to do anything yet. We had to be certain. Now look at the situation. Mr. Schoenbach, keep your voice down. And if they caught them, what makes you think they will not catch you? And why are you leading them here? I ain't leading them nowhere. I made sure. They don't know that I'm uh, organizing things. 
They thought Gregory was behind it all. But look, Iliad told me that you guys are on the up and up. We're having a meeting tonight at my house. We've got to get them out. We've got to escalate things. Escalate them? They have the sheriff. The sheriff is on their side. What, what do you propose to gain by escalating anything here? Look, here's my thinking. Take out the reverend, the whole house of cards falls down. You know, the reverend actually doesn't seem like such a bad guy. Well, look... Forgive Mr. Chesterton. He uh, had a religious experience today. He doesn't know what he's... Uh... Oh, Mr. Chesterton, please. He says, look, when the devil comes, he comes with a smile. Yeah, maybe he ain't a bad guy, but look what's going on around him. Look at my wife! What the fuck is that all about? Keep your voice down, sir! He's doing things. He's corrupting the minds and the bodies of our people. This isn't good. How is this good? Mr. Schoenbaum, I, I don't think it would be safe for us to attend your uh, cabal. No, I, I will say, I will say that we we have an appointment with the, the good pastor tomorrow. We will be leaving with him to go investigate his the place where he has his epiphanies in the wilderness. Do you or your associates think you would be able to perhaps follow this group without being detected? I reckon so. Get him out on his own? Outside of town would probably be a better opportunity for you. That is all I can say, and that's all the help I can give you. Right. Sounds good. Look, we know roughly where he goes. We know roughly the route. We don't know where, where this cave is. No one will say, but we know where that track is. I'm going to go up there with Hilliard. I know he's a damnable old drunk, but he's still got a good eye on him. We'll take a couple of rifles up, and but you make sure that it's just you and the Reverend. Don't want anyone innocent getting hurt. Doesn't sound like there are many innocent people in this town. All I can do is try. Okay, look, I, I better go now. You're right, it's too dangerous me being here. And then he just gets up, and he kind of looks into your eyes, and he says, I can trust you, yeah? You can trust us. Please leave, Mr. Schoenbaum. And he nods curtly, and then he turns on his heel and goes out, closes the door. As I scratch my scaly skin, <laughs> you can trust me, sure, it's it. Okay, so things seem to have hotted up. Seems like passion got the best of Gregory and Susie down by the river, and uh, they were caught with their pants down. Oh, boy. That is most inappropriate. Okay, well. Understandable. Uh, well, I mean, we tried. We tried to help them as best we could. I mean, I don't feel any kind of responsibility for their well-being, so I would rather not get involved for fear of being caught by the sheriff. Once again, that's not why we're here. Right. So our objective is to find out how and why this pastor was chosen by Yig. Maybe we should just ask Yig. Oh, who are you going to sacrifice? Not me, I can tell you that. Uh, let's find some straws. Maybe we should report to our superiors and get some uh, direction. That is a good idea. Okay, so you call through to the Caduceus organization. It's obviously very late because you're in Oklahoma and they're in New York, but you manage eventually to get through to Gonzalez. So, Mr. Selby, you have something to report? Yeah, there's uh, all kinds of fun stuff going on in this town. Like what specifically, sir? I would go on to tell him kind of what we we discovered, the lady kind of giving birth to snake eggs, and then that we met the pasture, and uh, just everything that kind of, that that's happened. This is somewhat troubling, uh, Mr. Selby. The, the things you, you mentioned, they, they're not something that we are commonly aware of or have come across. You're saying giving birth to snake eggs. 
and the Reverend. You say he is a good man. He's an interesting man. I would tell him that we have a meeting with him, too, at this cave where he takes his pilgrimages. Well, Mr. Selby, this sounds like some corruption of, of these people. This does not sound natural. I think that this should be dealt with at some point. We can't have more of these mutations and corruptions happening. Do you agree? Uh, I do agree. Then I leave it to you to decide what is prudent cause. Well, let me ask you, would Caduceus like the pastor alive, or do they not care? He pauses for a second. He says, I can't see how this pastor could be of any use to, to our organization. Once you have found out why and how he has become tainted, let's leave it to that. Let me get this clear, then. You want us to clean up the whole situation in this town? As much as is necessary. Mm. We don't need any undue violence, but let's say, as long as you put a stop to the corruption of the, of the people, I think we'll all sleep better at night, eh? Okay. Well, you sleep on it, eh? And puts the phone down. Logan just kind of puts the receiver down and takes his hand and just kind of runs it across his face. Sighs deeply. What did he say, Mr. Selby? Well, it's up to us to decide how we want to deal with this, I guess. They do say that we kind of need to nip this in the bud, I guess. To put it bluntly. You mean... The pastor needs to go. Okay. And as, as far as the corrupted people in this town, I'm not sure what's going to happen. If we get rid of the pastor, will they revert back to the way they were? That's a question I should have asked, I guess. Well, it depends on what's in this cave, right? That's true. Maybe there's some kind of... I don't know... thing that's causing all of this to happen in that cave. Yeah, maybe if we could take out whatever's in that cave, we could help save the town with, uh, you know, not killing everybody. Right. But we should ask the doc what he thinks. Right. And what about the snake eggs? That that I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but the lady is giving birth to? Pearl. Pearl. Thank you. What do we do about that? Well... I don't think the egg should stay here. I don't relish the idea of smashing them to bits, but... No, we need to... Obviously, we don't want snake people all over the place. And you saw a snake baby. Right. I don't know, though. Maybe having snake people is the next evolution of humanity. We have snake tendencies ourselves now, right? Well, yes, I was going to say it. Look at us, as he scratches his neck. I think we should see what's in this cave. That might answer some questions. Agreed. I do think we need to be prepared to do the unfortunate thing, though. Yeah, I think you're right, Mr. Selby. Just in case. Maybe an hour or two later, the professor emerges, looking a little bit pale. Drenched in sweat, comes stumbling over to down to the lobby where the, the payphone is, there in the corner chatting. And I stumble over to them and I say that I've learned some things that I wish I'd never learned. The practices in that book quite barbaric and loathsome. I, I am convinced without a doubt that this pastor... I lower my voice and I lean into this pastor is quite evil and he is practicing very dark deeds. I would just as soon burn that book and forget all about it, but my academic professionalism compels me to take it back to New York with us. What exactly are you saying that you learned? I learned how to perform a sacrifice. A sacrifice? For what purpose? For the purpose of speaking with a god, Mr. Selby. Wait, you got Yig's phone number? In a nutshell. Alrighty then. Won't find that in the yellow pages. So, what news from the home office? Well, we need to 
eliminate what's causing this problem in this town. I see. Well, I mean, we will be out in the wilderness where all manner of things can happen tomorrow. I wonder how big the group will be. Good question. Well, we can do our best to uh, convince good old pastor that maybe we should just, it should just be us. I doubt you'll be able to convince religious fanatics uh, not to go on a pilgrimage. Well, we are true believers, right? According to him, if he believes that, maybe we can convince him that it should just be a true believers type mission. I imagine he's going to be on his guard once he returns home and finds that his Bible is missing. This is true. He said that uh, they usually only take three or four people, so maybe he'll just take the three of us. Right. Yes, the missing Bible might be a problem, but let's see. So as you're sitting there, maybe you've uh, got some more drinks. Uh, it's, it's been a trying night. Out on the street, you hear some shouting, and you see some flickering of lights out on the main street. At this hour? Because it's like, it's past 1 a.m. now, right? Yeah, it's, okay. it's very late. Professor Thackeray uh, quickly runs back up the stairs to the room and, and hides the Bible somewhere, and uh, stays in his room to keep an eye. I would go to the window or the door, whatever it would require to see what's happening. Okay, and what you see is the sheriff and his posse and their dogs, and they are dragging a beaten and bloodied Bill Schoenbaum down Main Street. I think I'd go down there. You're gonna, gonna go outside? Like down to the street, yeah, go outside. How far away is the sheriff from where we are? They're maybe 30, 40 yards up the street heading towards first. They're obviously gonna turn down and head towards the jail. I would follow. Okay. I would run up to the room and grab my camera. This is definitely something to document, would you not say? Absolutely. So, okay. And then I would, I would rush back to try and catch up with the group and see what's happening. I would try to follow, but I would try to stay discreet as possible. Yeah, you're, you skulk in the shadows as you head down Main Street. But Logan, you're, you're following behind, and uh, some of the men at the back, they kind of they see you and say, Yeah, that's right. Bring a camera, take a photo of the, of the non-believer. And I will, and I want to make sure the sheriff notices that I'm taking pictures of what's happening. Wow, okay, that's a bit of a bold statement you're making. Well, the sheriff is kind of like, he's uh, organizing the men up front, and you see he's kind of spitting words into Bill's ear, and you hear him, you hear him say, You're going to hang for this, Sean Baum. We know it was you. And Bill, he's kind of like, perhaps he's had a couple of teeth knocked out, his blood running down his face. He says, You always were a corrupt bastard. You got nothing on me. We were just having a meeting and spits more blood. And the sheriff says, yeah, a meeting of non-believers. Don't matter whether it was you or any of the others. We're going to make an example of you, Sean Baum. You're going to be hanging higher tomorrow. And they continue dragging him down, down Main Street. The sheriff perhaps notices that you're taking photos at one point, And he just stops walking whilst everyone is continuing down and waits for you to catch up. And he says, Mr. Selby. I trust those are for personal use. Well, I just want you to know that uh, this is being documented, and I'm not sure this is a, quite the process of the law. I see you have your, uh, your suspect there, but do you have any proof that he did what he's being accused of? He says, you're new in town, ain't you, Mr. Selby? Doesn't matter if I'm new in town. I'm a citizen of the United States. Well, this is Oklahoma, Mr. Selby. We do things a certain way out here. Now, you wouldn't want him to be getting in the way of the way we do things, would you? Well, I do believe that there is a correct process. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'll tell you what. Why don't you write back to your governor 
back in New York. Maybe he can uh, give you some advice on what the due process is. You know what, Sheriff? I was in the military. I fought for this country. I fought for the rights that you're sitting here going completely against. You fought, did you? Well, I'll tell you what. You so concerned about Mr. Schoenbaum here? Why don't you come and join him in the cell? Keep him company, eh? He says, jabbing you in the chest with his stubby forefinger. I haven't done anything wrong here. I'm just standing up for my rights and his rights. What are you arresting me for? Assuming that's what you're doing? Let's say interfering with police business. Uh, this doesn't appear to be correct police business to me. Richard's going to come out of the shadows at this point. <laughs> be like, forgive him, forgive him. You know the war. It messed up his brain. He says, yeah, you're telling me. I mean, you do realize I got 25 armed men just a few yards down that road, Mr. Logan. You are aware of that. Yeah, some kind of illegal militia. You know, the, you know, and in the jungle, it got really hot, and his brain probably, you know, just started boiling in his skull. Come on, Mr. Selby, we don't want to overstay our welcome here. Mr. Selby, do you have a shovel on your character sheet in your... I'll look at the sheriff, and I'll just shake my head. I said, you're a disgrace to this country, and I'll turn and walk away. He folds his arms across his flabby chest, and he just looks at you as you walk back up the street. And he says, I got my eye on you, boy. Yeah, well, that's good for you. And then he returns to his impromptu lynching <laughs> as they continue dragging Bill Sherman down to the jail. You are very, very lucky. Logan's going to take the camera and the film and take it to the newspaper. Okay, well, it's shot now. It's like it's like one in the morning. So uh, you'll have to do that in the, in the morning. You probably could break in, develop them on your own if you have time, and then just leave them there for him. Mm. Yes, that'd be another way. Yeah, I was thinking about breaking in and developing the film myself. Yeah. Why don't I do that? Okay. Uh, you want to just break the window? <laughs> Is there a window open by chance? No, you're either going to have to pick the lock or break the window at the back. Yeah, I'll just smash a small window, I guess. Okay, well, you managed to pop the window out. Maybe you, you managed to kind of almost get it out without even breaking it so that the, the glass is still intact. You know how to do that. You've, you've been around a bit. So you just pop the window out and you prise it out. So on the way back, you can actually uh, put the paint back in and it won't look like they've been broken into. And then you open the window latch from the inside, climb inside. And yeah, okay, so you can develop the films of the lynching. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you put them out on the editor's desk, on Van Dyke's desk. And, then and you, they, you... they did say tomorrow, right? He would hang tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. So the other thing I would do before I go back to the hotel room would be to write a small little letter to the sheriff with a picture that's kind of basically saying that, you know, these are out now, if anything happens to me. Uh, ah, very good. Trying to protect, stop the lynching, basically. So you go back out, you, you slip the pane of glass back into the putty around the frame of the window. And yeah, you've been extremely uh, cat burglarish in your in your actions. But it's now super late. It's probably about 2.30 in the morning or even later. You need to be at the church by 8 a.m. So so really, if you want to have a good night or even any any sleep now would be, you'd have to turn in for the night now. Okay. Yeah, I would just I would just quickly slide a picture underneath the, the sheriff's office doorway. Thing is, the sheriff's office, as you approach... There's all kinds of people there. There's the lynch mob is still there. They're, you know, half of them are staying there at, at the office to basically make sure no one comes and breaks them out. Or, so yeah, there's an angry group of men milling around outside the sheriff's office that you see that you can't get anywhere close without without encountering them again. I can just hope that the newspaper is enough. Yeah. Well, the next day dawns, 
My friends, wake up! It is seven! Why are you sleeping in? You didn't do anything that would draw attention to us, did you? I mean... Nothing. And you didn't do anything to rile up the people of this town, did you? Do we look like the kind of people that would do that? Well, good enough for me. Let's have breakfast. Yeah, so you, you just about have time for a quick breakfast. It's called huevos rancheros. Let's say it's half seven. You've got half an hour until you're meant to meet in front of the church. But he might have interest in the lynching of the person that burned his church. That's true. I mean, the pastor might be down at the sheriff's office trying to find out what happened to his Bible. Yeah, I was just about to say, I think he's... yeah. It would be interesting to see if he can perform any miracles without his Bible. Never even considered destroying the Bible. It makes me think that ha- being in possession, or in being caught in possession of this Bible, might be uh, detrimental to our health. Well, we could destroy it. We could. Or perhaps uh, one of us could uh, sneak it back over to the uh, wreckage of the church and just slide it underneath a burned pillar. I would be willing to do that if you guys want to check out the sheriff's office. Although, Mr. Selby might not be the best one to talk to the sheriff right now. Let's make a group luck roll at this point. So that means it would be uh, Logan, because you've got the lowest luck. You have to make a luck roll at this point. Wow, you just <laughs> Okay, the purpose of that luck roll was to determine whether whether the Reverend had noticed that his book had gone by this morning. Because obviously there's been a lot going on. He hasn't had to do another service since yesterday. And assuming you want to meet him, he's waiting for you at the church at 8 a.m. Professor, I used to hide my Playboys underneath my, my mattress, you know, when I was a kid. So why don't we just shove the Bible under the mattress? Please, take this mythos tome of immense knowledge and hide it with your comic books and pinup girls. I can do that. I can do that. No one to look for it there. It's like a stack of comic books, pinup girls, and a Cthulhu mythos tome. He's got Detective Comics issue one. Hey, man, to Carcosa and Beyond, right? That's what I said my comic book was. Actually sounds like quite the party there, Mr. Sylvie. So, so it fits. It fits. Yep. Yeah. Okay. You have all these comic books that will be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars in the future, and you just like toss them in the bin when you're done with them. Yeah. yeah. All right. So okay. I will meet the pastor. That's for sure. I really want to see what's in the cave. You sure we shouldn't help Mr. Schoenbaum, Doc? All we can do is advise the man. I really don't want the town to see us aiding and abetting arsonists. I was just gonna say I'll go to the cave with the pastor. I think. Oh. I did my best to try and deter the sheriff last night to make him think about what he was doing. Uh, I guess... The man seems quite hard-nosed. Stephen made his own bed, I guess, at this point. I guess we have our job to do. So, at 8am, the reverend's there. And with him, Mortimer and his son, the other, your fellow travellers. And the reverend says, I'm so glad you made it. I was worried that you would lose heart, lose faith, but you have uh, lightened my soul. Let's all pray. I'll just say, I take a knee. <laughs> yeah, he gets down on his knees. And he says, Holy Father. And he kind of looks at you and kind of grins slightly as he says those words. Holy Father, we seek your blessing. We come to lay down in the dust before you. We are nothing but beasts of the field in front of your magnificence. Take us into your bosom. Embrace us. Show us the true way, O oh Lord. For we are just dirt beneath your feet. Okay, so uh, the reverend then gets up and he says, Rise up, my friends, and leave behind all your earthly possessions. We will be needing nothing out there. No food, no water, no beasts of burden, no weapons. 
Leave it all behind. Surely you would not part an old man from his walking stick? Oh, of course not. Of course not, my good friend. But you will not need that stick. If you truly follow the word of Yig, I can heal you, son. Ah, uh, yes, my hip has... It's just a, a bit of a twinge. Uh, you don't need to uh, bother God about that. The father, he can wash away all pain. He can salve any ache. I will ensure it. Walking over rough terrain, I just prefer to have my walking stick. No, uh, we don't need to bother God with my minor ailments. Well, my son, when, when we leave that place of holiness, you will lay down your stick and walk. I look forward to that, uh, shall we? Okay, so he then shows you, he take, maybe takes you into the church and he has a lockbox where you can leave all your valuables and stuff. He doesn't obviously want them to be stolen. If you want to keep anything, you will have to make a sort of a, a sleight of hand roll to avoid. I would try and keep my boot knife. I mean, that's pretty hidden. I would. Yeah, if you've got a boot knife, then you're fine. Obviously, it's in your boot. No one would see it. But if you've got like a weapon in a holster or anything like that, you, you'd have to. Are you going to try to take your camera, Mr. Selby? I would try and take it. Okay. All right. In that case, you're going to have to use your terribly low slate of hand roll. Your 10%. You never know. You have been very lucky today. Well, no, you can. if you want to spend 17 luck... It's, oh, it's why not? What's the worst that can happen? Yeah, okay. You just slip it maybe into an inside pocket or... like. He passes it to Professor Thackeray. Thackeray puts it inside his 10-gallon hat and puts it... I'll just tuck it like underneath the seam of my pants, you know, so it's like... Okay, yeah. Is that a zoom lens in your pocket? I'm just happy to see you. Does anyone want to try and secrete a weapon? Just my walking stick. If he's allowing my walking stick, then I'm fine. Okay, you got your walking stick. All I have is my machete, and that's a big knife. I don't know if I could hide it. That is a big knife. I mean, you can always make a slate of hand roll if you want. I'll try it. Why not? You got 99 luck. You might as well give it a go. Exactly. All right, go I don't for mind. it. All right. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's too much luck. And the Reverend sees you pull out your huge machete, and he says, That's right, Mr. Chesterton. We will not be needing that. You will not need to cut off the head of the snake. For the snake is your friend. I'll try to uh, hold on to my Mauser. Okay, go on, make a slate of hand. My 10% in slate of hand. Yeah. I mean, couldn't hurt. Whoa! What? Critical. Well, when you roll a critical, I give you narrative control. That's sort of... uh, So you tell me. You can make up a bunch of shit now. I see that uh, Mr. Chesterton is uh, forlornly handing over his uh, machete. And as he does so, I take my Mauser and slip it into his jacket pocket. Perfect. Into Mr. Chesterton's uh, pocket, so... Perfect. 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 I'll just kind of nod at you. Yeah. It's a shame, really. Richard's pretty hopeless with the pistol, but it's better than nothing. Yep. Okay, well, wonderful. So, So you set off into the desert. Now, remember what uh, Bill said to you, that make sure that you're traveling alone. But, of course, Bill has been, well, is, is about to be lynched. So it's just going to be Hilliard out there, that old drunk with his rifle. you got to hope that old, you know, poor old Mortimer and his son don't get in the way because that, be, that would be innocent blood on your hands. I'm not convinced that anyone who uh, is uh, touched by this god is uh, truly innocent. But I am there to observe. So you head out into the desert. You're going to have to be ready for... So the Reverend says, Now, my my brethren, be prepared. This is going to be hard on your soul and hard on your body. 
and hard on the soles of your feet. That is what she said. But stay strong. We will be walking until tomorrow morning. And we were walking all through the night. So be ready. You will have not a drop of water. Not a morsel of food will pass your lips. And uh, then you set off. And as you travel through the blighted and dust-blown landscape, the true magnitude of the awfulness of what has happened to this landscape really becomes imprinted on you because there's nothing but dried out sagebrush and tumbleweeds blowing across, little dust devils whirling up. This all used to be farmland with rich crops of wheat and corn. And now it's just a desolate wasteland as far as the eye can see. Um, Reverend, cannot our God slough off this very earth and reveal fresh earth underneath? I do not know. I do not claim to know everything that Yig knows. All I can imagine is that He's testing us with this, this blight, this land of desolation. We must walk through the valley of the shadow of death, my son. Logan just rolls his eyes. I mean, we could just waste him now and then return back home. Job well done. Just ambush him. I do think it's more important we find out where we're going. Yeah, I wonder, we need to see the cave as much as I'd like to kind of just... Besides, there's a child present. Yeah, we could just take that Bowser, pop him in the back of the head. Jesus. As you're pondering this, maybe you've gone a few hours in into this just endless, flat, featureless plane. The dust is getting in your eyes. It's getting down your collars. Like, you feel that it's getting to every pore, this thin, fine dust. You can all make a spot hidden at this point. Spot hidden. Wow. Thackeray, for once. I guess you're all just super alert. And you see that that you're going to be heading through this gulch up ahead. And you can see just camped out behind a rock at the top is Hilliard with his rifle. Oh. So How far ahead? I don't know, maybe a few hundred yards up ahead. Maybe he catches sight of you and then he looks at you and then he ducks behind the rock. I hang back a bit to give uh, some extra space between me and the pastor. The pastor is deep in conversation with Mortimer and Lloyd explaining how Yig came into the world and how he came to free his people from the oppression of the uh, dinosaurs. <laughs> or whatever. I'm trying to think, what would this, who would be the who would be the mortal enemies of the snakes? The mongoose. The oppression of the mongoose. Yeah. Ricky ticky tabby. Yeah. Okay. And as you get halfway through the gulch, you see a glint of light being reflected off the barrel of the rifle. And you're just, you're just waiting for the crack. Do you want to do anything, say anything? I'll jog up with my walking stick and uh, try to trip Mortimer so that he's not in the shop. No, oh, excuse me. Okay, so make a... Just make a fighting brawl roll. There it is. Oh, my word. Yes. Oh, totally. Sorry, old man. Sorry. He goes sprawling in the dirt. And he's coughing. And at that precise moment, you hear the crack of the rifle. Bang! And everyone's like looking around in shock and surprise and fear. Lloyd, Lloyd, get down. Come here. Come here to your father. Quickly. I'm going to jump on the reverend. And for a minute, you think that Hilliard must have missed. You actually hear the sound of a rifle being dropped and then scrambling and the rocks being, uh, small pebbles and rocks kind of falling down the slope and the sound of him running away. And then you realize the Reverend, he's standing there with a look of surprise on his face. And there's a 
a red hole in his head, blooming with blood, and then he just falls down into the dust, dead. Hmm. So Hilliard ran away. Yes. And then Mortimer is shouts out in shock, and Lloyd is, like, freaking out. He's screaming and crying. I'm going to run... Well, Hilliard, he's probably too far away to run after him, right? You could try and get up the gulch and try and chase him. Richard, get his rifle. I'll run up there and see if I can't get him and, and get his rifle. Okay, so make a constitution roll. Okay. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> no. I have no luck today, guys. No luck for me. We've had a fumble in, in 100, and a critical fumble in, in one person. You start trying to climb, and you're just exhausted from the trek. You get up about six feet up the slope, and then you just fall forwards and slide back down into the gulch, absolutely exhausted. Oh, never mind. I'll do it. Okay, you're going to have to make a constitution roll as well. Oh, my God. <laughs> Logan, what's your actual movement speed? Your movement speed is eight, so that's gone up to nine now. Let me see what Hilliard's constitution is, if indeed he has his. Richard, check on the pastor. Okay, he's got a reasonable constitution, but his movement speed is five, so there's no way, even if he... He rolled a zero one. Yeah. So you see him puffing and panting as he's trying to get away through the desert and you just catch up with him easily after a few minutes. He says, did I get him? Did I get him? <laughs> Tell me I got him. Tell me I got him. I do believe you got him. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Let's get out of here. Did those people see me? Do you know where we were heading? Oh, I, yeah. I don't know. Like this gulch, it, it, it heads up to that. that it's probably about another half day's trick up that way it heads up to some rise up some rocky rise you keep going that way but why the hell do you want to go to that place we got to get out of here because we ultimately need to know what was causing this well uh, uh, that's up to you man I, I i'm not going up there i'm not going for all the money in the world do you have any supplies i got this he pulls out a whiskey bottle <laughs> i'll take the whiskey bottle and i'll grab it and I'll grab it. Like, he says, oh, I didn't say you could have it. Oh, I don't care. I'm going to grab it from him, and I'll, uh, I'll grab the rifle off the ground. Okay. He says, oh, you do whatever the hell you want. I'm getting out of here. Maybe I can save Bill. I don't know. Maybe I'm too late. They got Bill, you know. They got him. And that poor Gregory and that Susie, they ain't long for this world. I'm going to get the others, and we're going to end this for once and for all. I left some pictures at the newspaper. Maybe that'll help. I don't know what good pictures will do. I think we need guns now, but look... Do you need that rifle? I'm taking the rifle. I guess you do. I guess you do. And I just kind of look him straight in the eye. I'm like, I'm taking your rifle. Okay, mister. Okay, now listen. I don't know how this is all going to play out from here, but it ain't going to be pretty. And uh, I'll head back to the group. And you see him trudging off through the desert back to the town. I'll push the whiskey bottle in my back pocket. Since I fell so spectacularly. Yes. Can I look at the reverend's body and see... There's anything weird about it? Like, I'm looking at him for scaly skin now and stuff. No, he looks perfectly human. No scales, no weirdness around the eyes. While he's laying there, though, I uh, go, Mortimer, Lloyd, come help me. I start uh, stripping the clothes from him. I go, we must prepare him and bring him to the cave. Mortimer's looking at you wide-eyed. He's saying, what's going on? What's going on? The Reverend, someone killed the Reverend. Someone killed the Reverend. Can I use uh, psychology, perhaps, to calm him? Yes, you can. Yeah. Too far gone, huh? Yeah. 
you can push the roll if you can tell me how. How are you going to do it? Uh, so I pull out uh, my uh, pocket watch and I hold it in front of his eyes. And I, I begin uh, speaking to him in a soothing voice. Look in my eyes. Listen to my voice. You're becoming docile. You're calming down. Now count backwards from ten. Okay. <laughs> Go on then. Wake up. Oh! Oh, wow. And he's like looking at the watch. He starts counting back from ten. And then he just passes out and falls backwards and cracks his head. Oh my god. <laughs> on the ground on a rock. And you see blood starting to pool underneath his head. And the boy, the boy is like screaming now. Pa! Pa! What they done to you? What they done to you? And he's looking at you with absolute fear. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to try to calm the kid with some more psychology. Okay, yeah, that's... Yeah. Logan hands the whiskey bottle to the professor. Right now, it's going to be a hard psychology roll you need to make because... No. Oh, yeah. And before you can do anything, the boy has leapt up and he's just running. But not running back towards town. He's running away from you. Oh, no, I would go after him. I, I mean, I'll try again. Okay, make yep. another constitution roll. Oh, my... Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it makes sense. You've been walking through the desert. You haven't had any water. And Logan will go after the boy as well. Okay. Now, the boy is only 10 years old. He's going to make a constitution roll as well to see. Okay, well, he failed his con roll. So he's slow. And maybe after half an hour, I mean, he's he got a little bit of a head start. So maybe after about half an hour, eventually you catch up with him. He's tear streaks down his face. Now, you were chasing after them. Professor, you've got the, the sort of unconscious <laughs> Mortimer Allen. I would like to try first aid to try to revive him. Okay, you can make a first aid roll. No, no. So he's still unconscious. Now, you can, with the help of one of your friends, you could probably carry him. But I guess you've also got the reverence for the... We'll bandage his bleeding head at least. Okay. So maybe an hour later, you've got the boy back. He's kind of calmed down a bit. Mortimer, with a very sore head, he's like... The two of them are, are, are in a bit of a state of shock. I think, having seen the Reverend shot, all the panic. You know, Mortimer's got had taken a big blow to the head. The boy is exhausted from having run. And you're trying to, I guess, calm them down. What, is your plan then to take the Reverend's body to the cave? Is that what you were going to do? Yes. Mm-hmm. I'll carry it. Okay, so you, I, you... I can help you. So the two of you heave the Reverend's body onto... I guess you're carrying... On, you know, I'll just throw uh, him over my shoulder. You throw him over your shoulder. I don't think he's particularly big, the Reverend. Let me see. Reverend... I have a build bonus. I mean, that's not really how it works, I suppose, but... Uh, no, no, we can use it for that. His build is zero. He's not He's not particularly big. I'm going to hand the rifle to Richard, too, by the way. Okay. And then you set off again, this weird pilgrimage with a dead body, two hysterical, hysterical father and son, and the three semi-snake people <laughs> heading towards Yig's cave. And a few hours pass as you're going up this gulch along this trail. The trail is relatively well trod, because they've gone up many times so you don't need to make any kind of rolls to stay on it but you see something up ahead you see someone moving through the desert towards you from the trail it's a man a naked man naked man absolutely stark naked running down the trail towards you and as he gets closer you realize it's the reverend cornfield naked as the day he was born, running down the trail towards you. Awesome. <laughs> and we will, and we will end the session there as the naked 
Freshly minted Reverend Cornfield runs towards you down the dusty trail. We were just looking for you. Logan, seeing that, would quickly drop the body. I am death and I can't sell. I'll open doors to heaven or hell. It's thank you time again. So first of all, thank you as usual to Sirenscape for providing the amazing sound beds, sound effects and music for the podcast. Also, of course, this podcast, it would exist, but it wouldn't have the same joy and energy it does have if it wasn't for the Patreon backers. I love you all. I thank you all. You make my day, my month, my year. And at whatever level you're backing, I'm just so, so grateful. And thank you for helping us keep going. If you want to show your support for the show, please go to patreon.com forward slash grizzlypeaks, where you can join at a variety of levels, which will give you early access, exclusive bonus episodes, and even the chance to play in one of our invitation-only Patreon backer games. And they've been awesome. Drop the flesh off of the frame, the earth and worm both have a claim. Come to my bed, place cold towel upon my head.